0: It was a wild finish at Levi Stadium on Sunday night as the 49ers and Packers went down to the wire and of course it ended in heartbreak for the 49ers as Aaron Rodgers put his Superman cape on one more time and went down the field with 37 seconds left to set the Packers in field goal range and Mason Crosby hit the game winning field goal and with that the Niners are now two and one on this episode of the 49 away podcast myself and Zach Chevy We'll go over the Niners Packers game. We'll recap it all. We'll go through the injury report and then set the table for the Niners Seahawks game on week four. It is a big one in the NFC West. We will preview that game and much more. So make sure to keep it locked and stay tuned and give the 49er way a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more 49ers news and analysis. back to the 49 away podcast faithful what a ball game it was Sunday night the Niners with their home opener hosted the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night football and what a ball game it was they trailed 17 nothing early and it wasn't until late in the first half did the Niners finally get on the board due to a Trey Lance touchdown and then they got things going but it ended up late in the game the Niners thought they had it and they left too much time left on the clock for, of course, Mr. Aaron Rodgers, who finally broke our hearts like he did in 2018, and he's done it again. And I'd say that this rivalry between the Niners and Packers over the last few years has been fairly even. And over the past few years, the Niners have had their number, but if you look at it in the, in the big span of things, it's it's definitely been pretty even. And add this to the, to the list of instant classics between the Niners and Packers, Jay Soda, Zach Chevy. Niner way podcast. You know what's going on Chevy. How's it going? How's your week going so far? And, and how are you feeling after that Niners Packers game?
1: Man, 37 seconds. Who would have thought that that would be enough time to get downfield and set up a game winning field goal? There's
0: I mean, no who, one better
1: than Aaron Rodgers, you know, who knew,
0: who knew, right? I mean, yeah. poof, could have told me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Who would have thought that you getting that touchdown at the end would have actually hurt us. <laughs> But yeah, it, it, was a, it was a great game to watch. You know, I, I love having these primetime games, these Sunday nighters. I thought it was a great matchup and I think it really uh proved that we we're here to compete and we're not, you know, playing well against like the bad teams and, you know, we're keeping up with uh, the strong teams. We're, we kept up with the Green Bay Packers, which had the MVP from last season, Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, we, we all know how good Aaron Rodgers is. I wouldn't say this was our best game of the season, but we had a pretty decent game.
0: I I, I guess that that's a definitely a positive way to look at this game. I, I I definitely feel a little more disappointed in this one. I feel like we could have played better, but Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron Rodgers. E- even if Garoppolo didn't turn the ball over and he didn't throw that pick and he didn't have that horrible fumble, and let's just say you know everything else still happened and the Niners still lost, then I'd be like, okay, man, darn it, we should have won that game. But instead, it's kind of like, I don't, I don't know, there's a bit of an unsettling feeling of like, now we we could be better. But I like I liked the way you're looking at this because, sure, I mean, you look at the thing, I guess you, you can look at it in a positive way and be like, well, the Niners didn't play their best game, but yet we only lost by two and we ha- we put ourselves in an opportunity to win that game, even though it wasn't Garoppolo's best game. It wasn't our O-line's best game. It certainly wasn't our secondary's best game, but we only lost by two points. So I, I guess that is definitely We, we also only way.
1: lost by two to a playoff contending team. Like Absolutely. the Packers are most likely going to win their division. They're not a bad team. No, so, definitely not. Even though definitely we weren't not. on our A game, we still kept it close.
0: Yeah, no. Week one was an anomaly for the Green Bay Packers. I think you you can't, you know, look take in too much from that game and that disaster that it was because Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers and he's proved it now. And and I was saying this yesterday as well how I feel like that was kind of the game that Rodgers just really needed, like, like he almost needed that that late game, you know, who rolls with the ball in his hand and I I. I I don't know, this could just be be me, but I think a lot of people could probably agree with this, that last year's NFC Championship game for Green Bay just robbed Aaron Rodgers the wrong way so badly that it was like he needed to be revived, and I feel like this was the game where he was revived, and he just feels it again, and that's scary for the rest of the league, and unfortunately, the Niners were the first culprit of it, but going back to the the Niners' side here of things, I thought definitely our defense could have done better I thought our offense did decent considering our run game. And and I don't know about you, but if there was a game comparison that, that made me look a lot at this game and said, there's a game that reminds me a lot of this one, it's the Seattle game in 2019, the first meeting, the Monday nighter.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think the problem was we, we have two major holes, I think. It, we're just we're, we're done we're, we're injured we're injured all over the place i don't think sermon was 100 percent healthy and i don't think that uh shanahan really wanted to use sermon uh that much because of the concussion concern but we squeaked out of there without having another running back go down with injuries, so that's a bonus uh use check was uh in the backfield a lot uh as you predicted i want to say but uh yes sir so, yeah yeah I I think the use of check was uh, interesting and was good. He was good for pass protection. Uh, They used him in pass-catching situations a lot. And uh, I I think considering how banged up we were in the backfield, our team did a decent job. I would love to see the use of Sermon more. Uh, You know, he had 10 carries for 31 yards and a touchdown, which, I mean, it's not terrible. But for your RB1, you would like some better numbers, some more yards per carry maybe. But uh, the other hole on our team is clearly our cornerback. Uh, the cornerback position, we've dealt with injuries, and it's just we're thin there no matter what, even if we didn't have injuries. And uh, we got beat, as simple as that. I, as we said earlier when we were uh, previewing this matchup, there's one thing you have to watch out for, and it's Aaron Rodgers. And what happened? Aaron Rodgers threw to Devontae Adams and walked all over us because of that. Um I I think our secondary really needs help. Uh, I think our safeties did a great job. Uh, Our cornerbacks at times was good, but man, we we really need some help uh, in the corners.
0: Yeah, and and to your point with the corners, obviously, we heard the news earlier today. Richard Sherman is signing a one-year deal with Tampa Bay. And honestly, I mean, first off, I will say I truly do wish Richard Sherman the best of luck. I hope he doesn't win a Super Bowl, but I hope he but I hope him like Richard Sherman himself has a has a great season. I truly do. I think this is this is much, much different than his Seattle days where I think we all just hated him. But now I, I even I said this last year, you know, when we were talking late in the season when we were kind of assuming that Richard Sherman won't be in our future I, you know, I went on to say that even if Sherman goes to another team, and unless it's Seattle, i probably still hate him a little more, but I w- I'll never hate him as much as I did, you know, when he was with Seattle, like never. Like there's always that appreciation for him now. So there is that aspect where, yes, I truly do wish Richard Sherman the best of luck, and I hope he has a great season for Tampa because they're also another team that their secondary is just completely depleted. The other side of things there is, is yeah, there's definitely a side of me that's that's upset that he didn't re-sign with us, and rightfully so because he, you know, he he chose the better opportunity. He goes to Tampa Bay, play with Tom Brady, in that stacked super team. Of course, I mean, you know, how could you pass that up? And he spent three years with us, anyways, right? So you want to explore your options and do whatever you can. I I respect that for Richard Sherman, but from our perspective, it's like our secondary just looks not good at all. And anybody in the right mind who has watched. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers through the first three weeks, the Green Bay Packers through the the last two weeks, the Los Angeles Rams for the first three weeks, and the Arizona Cardinals for the first three weeks would be like, okay, we really need to do something about this secondary if we want to compete with those teams.
1: Yeah, I I don't really understand why we didn't go after uh, Sherman. You know, we... Since the preseason, I would say... But especially after Jason Verrett down, went down week one, you know, I thought back then, like, why don't you just cave in and give Sherman an offer? He's up there. He's ready to go. And to play because he signed for Tampa, it had nothing to do with not wanting to play or look for different options or something. I, I just don't understand. Uh, you know, maybe we'll get Shanahan or Lynch to give us a reason why they uh, didn't go after him. But in general, I, I thought our second, our corners needed help in general and uh not being able to bring back sherman really stings because we're 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 desperate there i would say uh but you know i do wish sherman all the best i really loved him as a niner and i really think he's just a great competitive football player and a great football player in general and i wish him the best but hope the nfc championship and win the super bowl yeah
0: no i absolutely and that's what i'm saying i i I I definitely don't want Tampa Bay to win the Super Bowl again so I hope he doesn't win a Super Bowl but I truly do hope that he has a great year for himself out there and you know does what Richard Sherman does best and that's proves the haters wrong um but rolling it back to our secondary well it it, it appears as if Sherman was in discussion with the 49ers about coming back but I guess Tom Brady calling him was just Tuma that just sold him on going to Tampa, which rightfully so greatest quarterback of all time wants you to play for him. I mean, you'd be an idiot to say no, but obviously for the Niners, it's like, well, we could use your services to beat Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it's, I don't know. It's a frustrating situation because when I think about it, it's like, well, why was our defense so dominating or, you know, in 2019, a lot of that had to be our pass rush was sensational, but then we had Richard Sherman back there who was able to pick off all these balls. We don't have anybody right now. Dante Johnson just, I don't know, looked lost out there. Emmanuel Mosley actually played pretty good. And I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because that was his first game so far this season. And I have to say he didn't do that bad. Diamador Lenore, honestly, same thing. I thought played decent. He's a rookie. You're asking a lot of him to do your best against Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and those guys. Those are tough receivers to guard. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, too. But if that's rolling, two guys, we lost Josh Norman, which was huge. And then K1 Williams also went down as well. So now we're in need of a nickel. So then that's why Lenore had to move from corner to nickel corner. And then Dante Johnson filled in a corner. And it's just not an ideal situation for us because mostly we already know is not healthy a lot. He's in and out every week or so. So I don't know. It's a frustrating situation. I know we, we signed this. Buster Skinner or Skriner. I I don't know much about him, but you know, we need to do more. And, and I'm also surprised. I know a lot of people have been talking about why weren't the Niners interested in CJ Henderson. That was another one in there too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was actually interested in CJ Henderson. You know, he's was drafted not too long ago. He clearly like had some bad blood with the Jaguars, their organization, and especially urban Meyer. But, uh, I, I thought the price that Carolina paid, which was, I think, a third in Dan Arnold for C.J. Henderson and a fifth, that's highway robbery. Like, you're giving this young kid a chance, and he's going to fill in right now for J.C. Horn for Carolina, but I, I thought he would have been great for our defense, especially with our cornerbacks, the way they're looking right now. I thought he would have helped out. Uh, and as you said, with k1 Williams going down, Lenore is now going to swap. And now we we desperately need another another quarterback, quarterback, you You know, know, Dante Johnson doesn't cut it as as good as Dante Johnson is, which really isn't that great. We really need some help in the secondary, especially in corner and two options that we've seen happen this week. First with the Henderson and then with Richard Sherman that been taken away from us. So, uh, you know, I I don't think this is cutting it. You know, uh, our defenses right now are weakness um, and it's because of that secondary, you know, our, our fronts doing great. I think Bosa had a terrific game, even though he didn't put up any sacks. He was a problem and he created a problem the entire night. And and you saw it on Aaron Rodgers' face. But uh without a secondary able to help, the the quarterback will just bail out by finding the open receiver in under two seconds.
0: Yep, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think Nick Bosa was absolutely the best the best defensive player on the football field for us. I wouldn't say I think it's a rarity. That Fred Warner doesn't play a great football game, but I would have to say this was probably one of more Freddie's, you know, worst games. And even then, he was still all over the field because that's just Fred Warner. That's how good he is, right? We don't call him All Pro Fred for nothing. But I, I would definitely say that was not Fred Warner's best game, and he knows it too. And he's gonna correct those mistakes. He's Fred Warner. But Nick Bosa was absolutely the best player on the football field on the defensive side for us, and we need we need to help him. And that's the problem. I know Eric Armstead got in there, and got a sack. That's great, but. I mean, I got to see a lot more out of Javon Kinlaw and Zach Kerr and, and I know Mo Hurst has come back now. Arden Key, I've heard nothing about him so far. D Ford has been absent since week one. We need, Ebukam, I've heard of nothing in the first three weeks. We need more of these guys to step up and help our team, especially a linebacker. I'll, I'll say one guy who had an absolutely sensational day on defense and he deserves the credit. Aziz Alshire was yep. all over the damn place. Ten tackles was fantastic. And I know when Dre Greenlaw went down, a lot of people were like, damn, we're screwed. Now it's like, people, honestly, I I would start throwing out Aziz as one of the, also in the conversation of one of the more underrated 49er players. Aziz Alshair is definitely in that conversation because he is also all over the field when you watch him. So I, I got to shout out Aziz for having a great game as well, especially when Freddie wasn't totally on his game. He was fantastic. Our pass rush has got to do a lot better so then we're not relying On our secondary because we got Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on Sunday and they're one and two. They are going to want, like, they're coming in with a purpose on Sunday. That scares me. Next week after that, we got to play Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. That's a major problem because Kyler Murray will torch you with his arm and his legs. Our defense has really got to get their stuff together in these next two weeks and I, I cannot express how important it is. And then rolling it back to C.J. Henderson one more time before we move on. I like what Carolina did. This is what I feel like what we used to do. The Panthers lose J.C. Horn immediately. And the first thing they do, they act quickly. They go out, they make the trade for C.J. Henderson. We're good. That's what I wish we would do. Jason Verrett goes down. It's like, okay, they went on and got Josh Norman. That That is totally acting quickly. Love it. Josh Norman has looked great. But now Josh Norman's hurt. All will po- all signs points of word that he might start Sunday. But if I'm being completely honest from what I've heard, what this injury is, and it's a lung issue, please, for the love of God, sit on Sunday. Cause that does yeah. not sound like a very good injury to play around with. Sit a week, revisit it, play on against Arizona. If you, if you even get to practice a little bit, that's a good start, but I would not throw yourself back out there. I know it's a big game, but it's week four. And with how our secondary is going, we couldn't use Josh Norman down the stretch. So we'll see how that one goes. But, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. But I, I think I need more out of our pass rush right now so that we don't have to rely on our secondary so much. So I'll leave that in there. And, and we went in a whole ton on the, on the secondary there. So we don't have to go too much more into that. So going to inside the numbers into this game, The Niners offense had a hard time getting going. They had 26 first downs overall on the day, 7 for 11 on third downs. Not bad. They had under 300 yards, 298, 231 passing yards, and only, like you mentioned, 67 rushing yards, which is very low for a 49ers offense. Having said that, I went and looked up the stats of the Niners-Seahawks game that I was talking about from 2019. The Niners had only 87 rushing yards in that game as well. So very similar to how this Packers game went. And you're right, Trey Sermon did not look that great, didn't look that healthy. I'll be honest, I don't know about you, but the moment Trenton Cannon ran back that massive kick return, the first thing that came to my mind is, why the hell aren't we giving him carries?
1: I really thought, we needed to take advantage of that. And, you know, I I think they've been using him a lot on special teams. And that's why, you know, they they haven't really brought him into the offense yet. But he was probably the number two or number three option in the backfield behind Sermon. Uh, And I think Carry on Johnson, who was elevated from the practice squad for the game. uh, You know, I, I heard a bit about Cannon and they're like, oh, you know, we may use him a bit. You know, he's starting off. He's doing great on special teams. And when you do well on special teams on a Niners team, you may get a shot on offense here or there, you know, uh, like Mostert did. He started off in special yep. teams, and uh, look at him now. I, I mean, injured, but he, he's a he's a name for uh, the running back position. And, uh, yeah, I, I really liked Cannon. I, I thought the kick return and what he's done on special teams has been great. Uh, I, I just wish they uh, – I mean – They, I would love them to give him a chance, but that means that our running backs are still depleted because hopefully our running back need Trenton Cannon to be a running back for us.
0: Yeah, and sure, I mean, that's a good way to say that, and maybe Kyle Shanahan just wanted to see a lot of Trey Sermon obviously being a third-round pick, and I don't really know what the reasoning is behind that, but when I watch this team every Sunday, the main thing with our run game is it's not just one guy. We're constantly rotating guys in the backfield, and I didn't see that on Sunday. So I don't really know what the cause was if Shenhan was just scared and he didn't want any other guys to get hurt or what the situation was. Um, I thought he balanced it okay. But again, 67 rushing yards is not going to cut it because that's the foundation of our offense. And if that can get going, then everyone else is going to get going. And it just it was a problem for us down the stretch. And and I'll be I'll I'll be honest. I know Kyle Shanahan said, you know, we don't want to use Trey Lance just solely because the jumps out the run game and blah blah blah. But let's be real, Trey Lance really does change this offense in the run game. Like you saw it with the moment he came in, fourth and goal. Shannon had that much confidence to be like, I'm calling Trey's number right now. I'm fourth and goal. That's a very pivotal drive down 17th and nothing. We don't get that. This is on the verge of being a blowout, but Trey Lance goes in there, scores the touchdown very effortlessly. He's a big guy, gets in the end zone and puts us on the board. I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I love Jimmy Garoppolo running this offense. I didn't think this was his best game, but I want to see more Trey Lance in the red zone. I think we're gonna score more points that way.
1: I, I think that's where we're gonna see Trey Lance in the red zone and on short downs. You know, yep, we, we absolutely. When Trey Lance is in the game, he's dynamic. He brings an extra element, which is the quarterback running. And, you know, that confuses defenses sometimes. And in the red zone, all he has to do is what he did, rush to the left, rush to the right, and get in. Or he can hand the ball off. Or, as we saw in week one, he could throw it. You know, you know, Trey Lance in the red zone just adds a different dynamic. And what I thought, uh, you know, we we didn't use Trey Lance last, uh, the week before and we used him very little in Detroit. And I thought it was because maybe we were planning to use him a bit more against green Bay and, you know, and have him be there and not have much tape on him. And I, I really think that helped in the touchdown. And I, I I think they're trying to reserve Trey Lance a bit because they don't want to give away too much of their secrets with Trey Lance, you know, save it for maybe later in the season or the postseason potentially. And uh I really, I really like what they're doing with Trey Lance and when they're using him. I do wish they used him a bit more, but I kind of, they're not using him a bit more. That we won against Detroit and uh, Philly, you know, those are games that we won. We don't necessarily need, and we knew we were going to win that. We didn't necessarily need to use Trey Lance the same way that I thought maybe we should have used him a bit more on different downs in this game, especially with uh, Jimmy G at times looking a bit off and our offense looking off. I felt it would have given us a good spark. Uh, Talking about the offense, uh, a name I want to mention who got a bit more usage this week, Brandon Ayuk. It was nice to see him back and more Very involved nice. in the yep. offense. Yeah. He had six targets, four receptions for 37 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown really... You know, yep. I... I he gets back in the swing of things, and Kittle really got back in the su- swing of things with seven receptions for 92 yards. I-, I think if you get those two guys going, you already know Debo's going. That offense, that's when it gets dangerous. And, you know, we really need to have our offense dangerous against Seattle next week, who's, as you said, one and two in Hungary. But some stat that I'm pretty sure I uh, saw this week was that Jimmy Garoppolo, as the this match is he gonna lose again you know Seattle's Seattle's down bad they really need a win are they are they gonna are they gonna step up and get the win it, it's an interesting matchup it's a divisional matchup which makes it even harder and if Seattle doesn't get this win early, I know it's very early to say but they're gonna be looking very much out of a playoff position in such a tough division.
0: Yeah, no, and I definitely agree with that. Garoppolo, yeah, has not lost back-to-back games as the starting quarterback of the 49ers, and that is something to definitely take into consideration because you look at this three-game stretch here, played Green Bay last week, Seattle this week, Arizona next week. That is a tough three-game stretch there, and especially in the NFC West, all right, you lost to Green Bay. Great, which is why I thought, beating Green Bay was the important one because you don't want to lose in the NFC West. Now, all right, sure, if we lose one of these two NFC West games, we're three and two. That's still not totally ideal. But if you win, you're four and one. Having said that, if there's a game to lose, it'd probably be the week five game. This is a must-win game because you win this game, you're now three and one, and Seattle's one and three. That is massive. Like, I can't even explain how big of a deal That is to put the Seattle Seahawks in a 1-3 hole and you now have a two-game lead. Really, everybody else is going to have a two-game lead. The winner of the Cardinals-Rams game is going to have a three-game lead. And guess what? The Rams play Seattle on a short week next week on Thursday Night Football. Like, things could spiral out of control if the Niners can do their job on Sunday. And things could spiral out of control for the Seattle Seahawks. And boy, that would be a dream come true. But I can never say that because Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson is 2 or 12 and 2 against us since 2013 so i have no business saying that you know seattle's one and two and blah blah no 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 they're coming in this game and they're coming to win so our defense better be on their they, like they better be ready man because russell wilson's going to come in and do some crazy stuff but we'll see what happens there um, going back to the statue, yeah like you mentioned brandon ayu getting involved i thought was a huge deal four catches, 37 yards, and a touchdown. Kittle had seven catches for 92 yards. Um, Debo, five for 52. Sermon, only 10 carries for 31 yards and a touchdown. And then Kyle Juszczyk was great. Five carries, 14 yards, and then four catches for 37 yards and a touchdown. He was fantastic all night long. And then Garoppolo, 25 for 40, 257 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception and had that horrible fumble. And here's one more thing I'm going to say about the secondary in this game. And they will move on is the pass interference calls. And yes, that was a big, big problem for us. But the only reason why I'm saying that it's not a total problem going forward is because that was definitely a lot more on the refs in that game. The referee crew was absolutely atrocious. And it was going both ways. Like the Niners had a handful of PI calls and the Packers had a handful of PI calls. So it's clearly just the way the game was called. But... The nine secondary secondary's definitely got to clean up the P.I. calls for
1: sure. The P.I. calls were definitely a problem in this game. Uh, The secondary was just a problem. They left guys way too open for Aaron Rodgers. You got to be glued to guys. Aaron Rodgers can throw a ball in the window. Perfect timing. You got to make sure you're on your man. And, And we just let up, especially with the 37 seconds left. All you have to do is tight coverage. Tight coverage. Have safeties back there to help you. And we let them take advantage of us, and and they ended up winning because of it. You know, that's that's all it is really. if we can improve our secondary, we're we're a team destined for the playoffs. But if our secondary continues to stink the way it has the first couple of games, I don't know. It's going to be a shaky season.
0: No, definitely. And I and i I'm, I'm, playoff team is still too early for that. I still that's most certain, well, certainly the expectation, and I definitely think if if you know our core stays healthy, we'll be there. But the again these these next two games i'll tell you one thing we got to win them both if we split we'll live but if we lose both of these games that's when i'll start to be like okay now i'm worried you don't want to be 2 and 3 going into the bye week losing to three contenders three in a row that's a problem so that's where we're going to find out and i think it starts this sunday against seattle we're really going to find out a lot about both teams. And I think it's going to be a, a bloodbath, a slugfest. It's going to come down to the wire like it always does against Seattle. And I'm, I'm I'm excited and nervous as hell about this game. But we'll see what happens. I'm going to roll it back to the NFC West in a minute. Let's go to the injury report real quick. I mentioned Josh Norman before. He did not practice today. But again, his listed is questionable for Sunday. K1 Williams is out with the calf. He will miss Sunday's game and most likely the next few weeks, possibly after the bye. But we'll see how that goes. Kinlaw did not practice today with a knee. He should be good to go Sunday. George Kittle is apparently dealing with a calf injury. Of course he is. But all signs point towards him suiting up Sunday and he'll play. So that's the good news there. And then both of Mac and Williams all had a rest day. So not a ton to worry about here. I think everything's kind of obvious, if you will, about this injury report.
1: Yeah, I-, I think the Kittle thing is the only thing that is a bit worrying. Uh, if Kittle needed to see the, the is Charlie Warner. I know we talked about him a lot in the preseason, and I think he's gonna take a big step from uh last year and the year before. And and I really think that uh he would be the guy uh on offense. You know, Ross Dwelly is our is a very, very good blocking tight end, but I think Charlie Warner is a bit of both. He can catch the ball as well. Uh but I do hope that Kittle's there because if we don't have Kittle in a game against the Seahawks, it's, it's not going to be fun. And, you know, these next two games, as you mentioned, they're pivotal games. You know, this will decide if we're contending for the NFC West. You know, the, these matchups aren't going to be easy. It's the toughest division in football for a reason. And if we can't prove that by like a split or even winning both games that we can ride in this division, then it, we're going to have a problem.
0: Uh, absolutely like dude i don't know i don't know how much you follow of soccer but the the comparison that i that i compare the nfc west to is it's like in in soccer like let's say like the premier league for example you got your league games and then you got like your your, your champions league games and your other league games right and like all that stuff the nfc west is like our champions league that is how good our division is because it's that stacked the Rams look like Super Bowl contenders. Arizona's undefeated. They're looking good. Seattle's one and two, but we're nobody is counting them out just yet, right? Niners have lost barely to Green Bay, but we're still a threat. This division is stacked, and these next two weeks are huge. And it's also funny that you mentioned George Kittle not playing in the Seahawks game. The same game that I brought up earlier. George Kittle did not play in that game. So the Niners did all right. The Niners did all of that without George Kittle. So We'll see what happens here, but obviously we all want George Kittle playing. I, I think you he'll go. He's a tough guy. As long as he doesn't push himself too hard, I think we'll be fine. But looking at the NFC West here, I think from here on out, every week we'll go through an NFC West report because it's just important that we that we focus on each of these teams because it's gonna be a dogfight all year long. The Rams are sitting atop at top at three and and0. Cardinals are tied with them at three and and0, and I'd say the Rams look a lot more impressive than the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals look really good. Kyler Murray looks really good. But the Cardinals the whole, I mean, that Jacksonville game got kind of ugly at times. So we'll we'll see how, how they fare against it. The, the stat that I pulled up yesterday too is the Cardinals have never beaten the Rams with Sean McVay as head coach. So that I think is something to look at in that game. If the Cardinals want to be taken seriously, this would be the week to prove their worth. And then of course, Niners Seahawks on Sunday I mean, we all know how those games go. Always down to the wire, never easy. It's, it's um, man, it's, it's going to be a tough game. And then this week isn't the only one that's going to matter because next week in week five, Rams play the Seahawks, Niners play the Cardinals. So it's basically a two-week round robin we got going here in the NFC West.
1: Yeah, I, w- I was watching a lot of the NFC West matchups on Sunday, especially with the Niners playing at 820. It gave me some time to watch a lot of different other teams uh, play during the day. And uh, man, the Rams look really good beating the Super Bowl champions and the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. You know, their offense is completely different with Matthew Stafford. He has elevated that offense to a completely different level than it was with Jared Goff. And I, I really think that it's it's great you know they have they had Henderson injured so their run game was a bit depleted and they still found a way to dominate that game and, and the scariest part is their offense isn't even as good as their defense they probably have the number one defense in the league with the best defensive tackle and best defensive player and probably the best player in the league in Aaron Donald and the best cornerback in the league in Jalen Ramsey and I don't think there's any question on both of those and having guys like that guys with that caliber you know, it's scary and and their offense, Cooper cup is starting to show why he's a great wide receiver and a wide receiver one on that team and a wide receiver one in the league in general. And, and, you know, they have so many options with Robert Woods there, Van Jefferson was getting it. And then the boy Deshaun Jackson was coming back out of, you know, the old, the old man's home. And and he put up a great game. Tyler Higby was there. I think he got a touchdown, Yeah, you know, they, their offense is just so dynamic, and, and I think that's a problem for everyone in our NFC West division. But I wouldn't count out the Cardinals. You know, Kyler Murray this year, is he just looks like he could win the MVP, man. He he, he is so dynamic. He can run for days. He can bomb it out to Hopkins. He, and their wide receiver, you know, Hopkins is looking good. Kirk is looking like he's taking a little bit of a step. And Rondell Moore, who is a guy I really liked in the draft. I thought that was a great pick by the Cardinals, and he's having a good start to the year. Uh, So, that Cardinals offense is very scary when you look at uh, Kyler Murray, and and they upgraded their defense in the offseason, bringing in J.J. Watt. Their defensive line is ridiculous. And, you know, they have Buddha Baker, who's a top secondary, one of the top safeties in the league. I, I wouldn't count the Cardinals out, but yes, I do have the Rams over the Cardinals right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I I might need two screens on Sunday because this Cardinals-Rams <laughs> game looks like a fun one. And and obviously, you know, we'll be watching the Hawks-Niners game. But it's, it is it is fascinating to me because, like you mentioned, the Rams look really, really scary. They look good. And that is a really scary thing because, you know, yes, I think we all knew the inevitable was going to happen when Matthew Stafford traded the Rams. We knew this offense was going to be very good. But they lost some guys on defense. Brandon Staley left for the Chargers. They brought in Raheem Morris, who's a great defensive coordinator. I wasn't quite sure about the Rams' defense. I'm like, I think they're still, they'll still be very good, but I don't know if they'll be as good as last year's. Boy, was I wrong about that. They look excellent. Jalen Ramsey's playing out of his mind. Aaron Donald's just being Aaron Donald. The rest of the d is playing great football. The secondary is fairly young, but they're playing absolutely amazing. Raheem Morris has got... They got their shit together on defense and then on offense. McVay is having the time of his life. This guy's on cloud nine and it's not even like week four yet. It's I don't know. Everything's great in LA, but I gotta tell you, it's if the Cardinals, I love I think Kyler is the real deal. That is not a question. He is legit, he's the real deal. He is gonna be special for years to come and he's gonna be a problem and a thorn in our side twice a year for the next god knows how long. And they got a ton of weapons there, too. Like, I mean, Rondell Moore is having a great year. James Conner's kind of finding his own and, and all those guys there. But I'll start to take the Cardinals seriously if they win on Sunday. The Rams win on Sunday. I'm expecting the Rams to win on Sunday. They're the better football team. Kyler Murray goes in there, plays clutch as hell like he always does. And Cliff Kingsbury doesn't mess it up for them like he usually always does. Then I'll start to be like, okay, the Arizona Cardinals are legit, legit. I think they're really good right now. But I don't know how good they are right now. The Rams, I know exactly what they are right now because they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday handedly. They look like the best team in all of football right now. Not NFC, not NFC, like the entire league. And I I would pencil them and say, yeah, they are most definitely Super Bowl contenders. And I'll tell you one thing. I am really happy that we don't play them until week 10. Because if we played them this Sunday or next Sunday, instead of the Seahawks or Cardinals, I'd be like, we're going to get killed.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think we need more time to prepare for them and we need them to play more games because, you know, Stafford in that offense, is it's just different. You know, and, and we got to prepare for that. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that we have an early bye week this year, which really is not favoring us because of schedule with the week seven with the 17th game. I, I think having a bye week at week six, when our bye week is, is actually going to hurt us in the end. The only positive thing I can see from that is maybe later in the season when Trey Lance is potentially ready to take over the offense. He's fresh enough to, you know, be there in the last couple of weeks and in the playoffs and bring that freshness into the game and really impact the game. But uh, having that early bye week and, you know, it's it's really going to hurt us.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's fair. We, I mean, w- we've talked about the bye week in the early one and how it could have benefited if we had a late bye week earlier in the season, or earlier in the or a few weeks ago. But I, I don't know, man. This just from now till week ten. The good part is, is that our secondary has a chance to get their crap together before then, because that I think is my biggest worry And our team overall, our offense as well, right? It'll, it'll give us time to gel from now till week ten. Is a much big difference, right? So I'm happy about that. That we don't, and that's a Monday night game at home, and that is just going to be, I mean, man, it's going to be electric. But I, I am really happy that that we're going to have that time to kind of get into our own, and we'll see what happens then. But this division is just, I don't know, man. It, it 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 truly is a gauntlet when you look at it. And let's let's go ahead before we wrap this thing up. Let's go to Week Four: Niners Seahawks matchup. Keys to the game here for me. It's number one's establishing the run. There's no way we beat the Seahawks if we can't establish the run and establish some kind of offensive rhythm early. Garoppolo needs to get into his own. The old line needs to get into his own. But that all starts with establishing the run. I don't know who it's going to be. Sermon, Cannon, maybe Elijah Mitchell's back. Whoever it is, we got to set the tone early, get the run game going, and then Jimmy G and this offense will be ready to go with Debo and Ayuk is finally back in business. But it starts with that run game. And then on the defensive side, I, sw- I say this every year I'm a broken record. Get to Russell Wilson. If we give Russell Wilson all the time of day, it is over. It is a wrap because that's how it was last week. You look at the last few times we have played Green Bay when our pass rush dominated the game. It was a wrap. When we've given Aaron Rodgers time in the pocket, it's been a wrap for us. This is the same way with Seattle. We got to get to Russell Wilson. If we can't get to Russell Wilson, it could be a long afternoon for us.
1: Yeah, yeah. We got to get to Russell Wilson. Their offensive line has been known for years to not be great. So, you know, I'm looking for Bosa to feed again. You know, maybe Armstead to get another sack like he did this week. Uh, We really do need some more pieces, as you said, to contribute on that defensive line. Because if we can get to the quarterback, our secondary just needs to just do their job for, if they give us three, you know, I I think we could have a good game, but it's just, it's really complicated when our secondary is underperforming the way they are. Uh, Our secondary definitely needs to have a big game. And as you said, we need to establish the run. That is the name of the Niners game. Once we establish the run, we do so much. I think we're the highest team in the league percentage wise to use play action and our play action runs off of our run game. If we get our run game going, there's no stopping us because then the defense focuses our run. We go play action and, you know, Kittle's open for a 20-yard games, Debo's open for a 20-yard game. Ayuk's open. And, and it really opens. open Even if our defense isn't holding it together against the great Russell Wilson, we'll be able to contribute because of our offense.
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely that's that has to be the Nick Bosa has to has to get involved. But like I mentioned, when we were talking about the Packers game. Nick Bosa was there. He was making a presence, but everyone else was, you know, not really making a presence. Bosa needs help. If Bosa, if Bosa can get some help, it's over. That's what we need to do. I, I need Armstead to step up. I need to I, I need everybody to step up. Enable this enable this D line for Nick Bosa. Get him open and that's that's what happened in twenty nineteen. That's why I think we all knew that trading DeForest Buckner was, was a big loss for us because DeForest Buckner is one of the best defensive tackles in all of football. And when you put him in there, you don't know whether to, to look at him or Bosa. And that was the problem. And then D Ford was playing great football too. That's what we gotta get to. We gotta get something going. Armstead's gotta be, you know, a game wrecker. We gotta do something to try and stop the Seattle offense because this is this is a huge game. If we lose this game, We're going to be in last place. And I'll tell you, 49ers fans are not going to be very happy if we're sitting in last place after week four. And I know we'll only be two and two. It's not like we're on four, one and three. We're two and two if we lose. But it's a really big difference between two and two and in last place or three and one and possibly in second place. And then if, let's say, the Cardinals lose, you got three and one Arizona against three and one San Francisco week five, you you got a chance to jump the gun, possibly even in the first place, Right. A lot of ifs, ands, or buts, and and it starts with this weekend. Got to take care of Seattle, man. And Seattle has never, ever, ever been an easy game for us. Got to get the job done. I mean, it's, it's crazy. With this division, it's like I'll make another soccer analogy here. It's like we're playing in the group of death every year, and it's not going to change. So it is what it is. We got to do what we can, but... I don't know, man. I'd love to say I'm, I'm excited for this game, but there is a really big part of me that's that's nervous because Seattle and Russell Wilson always make me nervous.
1: Yeah, I, I'm very nervous. We really need to set the tempo right away. But, uh, you know, it's it, this game is going to determine how we're going to do for the entire year. You know, it, it's going to set the pace and it's going to set the division up after this week.
0: Absolutely. And, and like I mentioned, this is a, and I swear to God, I'm, I'm not even being sarcastic when I say this, this is a once in like a decade opportunity to send Russell Wilson to one and three. I don't think that's ever happened before. That would be like huge. And even a one and three, I know some people will think the sky is falling for Seattle. I still personally don't think the sky is falling for them, but I don't care about the rest of the season. I care about right now. And to send Seattle two games behind everybody else in the NFC West, and then they have to play the Rams on a short week. Please, we have got to do that because this division is so stacked. If we can just put the nail in the coffin on one of these teams, that enhances our playoff chances that much more. And I cannot believe it's week four and we're talking about games you know, mattering for playoff implications, but these next two weeks, yes, are going to have play because I'll, I guarantee you this, whatever happens these next two weeks and we're going to be sitting here in this late December. And we're talking about, man, if we didn't beat Seattle week four, man, we would have been in the playoffs. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's one of those games that I feel like when I look at all four of the teams, the worst team in this division could be 10 and seven at the end of the year. Like that is how good this, this division is. But We'll find out what happens on Sunday. It's a big one, 4.05 Eastern time, kickoff 105 Pacific on Fox. Seattle at San Francisco, 1-2 and two, Seattle, 2-1 two and one, San Francisco. It's a big deal, big game. Cardinals-Rams got the other half of the NFC West on Sunday. Same time, same network. Chevy, final thoughts.
1: Yeah, you know, I I think if we're going to win this game, it's going to have to start with our running. Uh, I hope Trey Sermon has a big game and really proves why we spent that third round pick on him. And I really hope that our secondary can stay intact. But I I think Bosa has a big game in the trenches.
0: Absolutely. I'm going to go Niners 2017. I think it's the usual low scoring slugfest type game against Seattle. It's definitely going to be a grinded out type game. And I hope that we're on, on top in this one. I really do. It's a really big difference between three and one and two and two. We got to get this one done and send Seattle to one and three. I hope Garoppolo has a big game. He needs to have a big game. And I know a lot of people say he had a big game against Green Bay, but I don't think that was his best game. Just stay clean, no turnovers. And I and I think we should be good in this one. So that'll do it from the 49 away podcast. Jason to Zach Chevy. We will see you guys next week. And we'll recap the Niners Seahawks matchup and see where we're at in the NFC West after week four. And of course, don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis and enjoy the rest of your week. And that is a wrap for this week's episode of the 49 Away podcast. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more 49ers news and analysis.